Hello everyone. The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes, and like all of those episodes, it may contain spoilers, so consider yourself warned. If you like what you hear, head over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers to listen to tons of bonus content. And now, without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. I do wish that the man who couldn't breathe, who I actually think is a very imposing villain, had Ooh, a little the bit more. The creature design is great. Yes, yes. I just wish he had a little bit more screen time and or, or any. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't decide if I want a backstory for this character, though, because mm-hmm. that didn't really work out so well for the Bride in Black and it's right. chapter two. And so it's I, I don't know if I mm-hmm. wanted a backstory, but I also wanted more of this villain. A hundred percent. And to me, watching these films in close succession in anticipation of this minisode really confirmed to me that I think this franchise has a villain problem. Like, they're not, it's not that they're not interesting. And as we said, you know, the creature design, the makeup job, the costuming is often spot on. But there's something about we either don't know how much to use them or how much backstory to give them that they never really feel either threatening enough or present enough. Well, and I was kind of like, well, why do I want a backstory for this thing? Because what I think what makes the first one so successful is that, yeah, that lipstick face demon is mm-hmm. just that. He's just a demon. But so much else is really working with that movie. Like, there's so many other compelling things. Mm-hmm. And here, because it's like, okay, it's a least standalone. Sure, we've got Tucker and Specs kind of in the mix but they're i don't know i feel like people are very hot and cold on these characters where they're sometimes just jokey comedic relief sometimes actually helpful these latter two sequels really lean into their kind of stupidity which was sometimes helpful but a lot of the time i was just like who is this for 14 year olds i i think it works for three because i do i do like i mean because here's the thing too insidious chapter three suffers from big prequel syndrome stuff where it's like right. oh like how did elise meet Specs and tucker uh-huh. um how did we do this how did we do this how do we know what we name the further okay like it's come on yeah it's really dumb prequel stuff but you know what <laughs> whatever it's here it, it's all tolerable because the other stuff with Quinn and her family is so good and also because as you alluded to this man who can't breathe is a really exciting it he feels scarier to me than either of the two villains in the first two films i agree and honestly i because it's an apartment building too right we're yes. not in a house this time and while i do wish we had used the, the apartment location a little bit Just more a smidge more yeah like evil dead rise flashbacks mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but i i get i like this chain up it's not a huge like, oh we're just like pulling the rug out from the franchise but it's it's different enough right I also like that we have a queer connection with Haley Kiyoko playing her best friend in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not even going to lie because I was getting queer vibes off Stephanie Scott. And when I went down this rabbit hole, it turns out that she has been in a number of other productions where she has played queer. So I can't help but wonder if this is just an actor who is not publicly disclosed their sexuality. Mm. But I would not be surprised to learn that... Yeah, there's something more going on here. 